Good evening. Thank you so much for joining us tonight for our time of ministering the Word of God and our Bible study. God is good. Amen. Hallelujah. He's faithful. He's kind. He's gracious. He's merciful. Hallelujah. I trust that you're doing well, you and your family, your loved ones. Thank you for joining us tonight on whatever platform you are joining us on. I'd like us to dive right into the Word of God again tonight. Uh, let's share a word of prayer together. Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you so much for your faithfulness and your loving kindness, for your goodness and your mercies to us. Thank you, Father God, for waking us up this morning. Thank you for giving us life. Thank you for favor. Thank you for all the blessings that we enjoy. Father, we give you the glory and we give you all the praise. Lord, we yield to the Holy Spirit in this service tonight. Thank you, Father, for the nation of Israel. We bless the nation of Israel. We speak the peace of God upon that nation, upon God's people. Father God, we, we declare that they that love the nation of Israel will prosper. And everyone that sets any of their um, arms, their weaponry, their forces against the nation of God's covenant people, we squash their power. We squash every bit of their glory and their strength in the name of the Lord Jesus. Father, illuminate your word to us tonight as we get into it. Strengthen us through the covenant. Establish us in the blessings of it. Have your way amongst us. Bless all of my brothers and sisters and everyone that is joining us tonight and those that will um, receive this, um, this teaching afterwards. We give you the glory and the praise, Lord. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen. Hallelujah. Thank you so much again for joining us tonight. We are studying guaranteed success um, and divine guidance um, from the Holy Spirit. We're so thankful to the Lord for everything he has made available to us. And um, last week, we've, we've been on this for several months. Um, last week, we, we started focusing on these two important keys um, to lasting, to true and lasting success. Um, an active, growing covenant with God, which we started talking about last week in our service, and divine guidance, which is really a part of our, um, our title, our theme for this series of lessons. In Second Samuel chapter 23 and verse 5, David said, Is it not my family? That's in the New Living Translation. Is it not my family? That God has chosen, yes, he has made an everlasting covenant with me. His agreement is arranged and guaranteed in every detail. He will ensure my safety and my success. One of the most important things in the life of a believer that assures and guarantees their success no matter what they are called to do, is their covenant with God. It is very, um, very saddening to me uh, to find out that in our generation, a lot of people, majority of people, 
Even though they hear about it, even though they talk about it, they sing about it, they, you know, preach about it, majority of believers do not really appreciate the place of the covenant they have with God and how that affects their lives. And because we don't have a great appreciation of our covenant with God, it is really impossible for us to derive the full benefits of that covenant. When you have a clear understanding of your covenant and you begin to esteem that covenant, you begin to prioritize that covenant and you begin to carry it and you, you begin to relate with that covenant like you, you, know, you know the substance of it and you know the place of it in your life, your life just could never be the same. It does something unique, something supernatural happens in our lives where, where it, like I said in our service last week, it puts us in a totally different class. It puts us in a totally different class. Your covenant with God is your most precious, your most prestigious possession on the earth. It saddens me greatly that a lot of believers don't understand this. They don't understand it. They don't understand it. It's like someone who's been blessed with a precious little baby. And they just, they just treat the baby like it's a nothing. They don't cherish that baby. They don't nurture that baby. They don't protect that baby. They don't carry that baby with grace. They don't, they don't, they, because they don't appreciate the gift. And sad to say, all around the body of Christ, many people, do not really appreciate the power, the place, the value of the covenant that we have with God. That is changing for us though, for you and for me, and for all of us. And I know for many people around the world, really, who understand the value of the covenant. I know there's so many around the body of Christ who do. Praise God for that. But for our benefit, we revisit that concept that spiritual concept again tonight, to remind us, to establish us in that truth, to help us to ground us in it, to help us continue to grow in it, to help us continue to lay hold on all the full benefits of that gift. Hallelujah. We left off last week in Genesis 14. Um, Genesis um, 14 and verse, from verse 18, we read about Abraham coming back when he went to, to war against these five kings that seized his, his nephew, Lot. And God gave him the victory and he rescued his nephew. And as he was returning, he was met by Melchizedek. Melchizedek in the Old Testament, actually was a type of Christ. 
who represented God and represented the covenant that Abraham had. And when Melchizedek met Abraham on his way back from this victory that the Lord had given him, it was almost like the Lord was reenacting. The Lord was uh, was helping him celebrate the covenant that that he had with him. In Genesis chapter 14 and from verse 18, And Melchizedek, king of Salem, brought forth bread and wine, and he was the priest of the Most High God, and he blessed him and said, Blessed be Abraham of the Most High God, possessor of heaven and earth. And blessed be the Most High God, El Elyon, who has delivered your enemies into your hand. And Abraham gave him tithes of all. Melchizedek didn't ask for his tithes. But Abraham just so appreciated the value of his covenant with God that when he looked at all the blessings that God had given him in this war, he thought, I, there's, God, I give you back, at the very least, a portion of it. I give you back. It's not mine. You gave it to me. I give it back. A, an appreciation, a valuing of our covenant with God makes us do certain things that are very difficult for the natural person to understand. <laughs> so when the natural person thinks, no, you should keep it for yourself. You should hold on to it and try to grow with it. We think, no, it came from God. And that's our access to greater. God just gave us a victory, but there's greater victory in our future that we have not even contacted yet. This is part of it. This is part of what establishes that victory. Our covenant with him. God does his part, we do our part. So here, Lord, take Take a portion. Take a good portion. Whether the portion is a 10%, whether it's a 20 whether it's a 30 whatever. Take this portion because that is my appreciation for the victory that you've just given me. It's an appreciation of the covenant. It's a valuing of the covenant. It's not a law. Melchizedek didn't ask Abraham for anything. Abraham said, no, you, you take this for the, for the victory for the value, for the place of the covenant in my life. I so value my covenant with God. (laughs) I so value my covenant with God. I so value my covenant with God. It's not a laughing thing. I don't laugh about my covenant with God. I don't laugh about it at all. Don't mess with my covenant with God. Don't, Don't take it lightly. Don't even begin to to treat it like a light thing. Don't do it because I will fight you. (laughs) Don't don't downplay, don't down talk, don't, don't despise my covenant with God. It is my most precious, my most prestigious possession on this earth. You can do whatever you want, just don't do it around me. I value my covenant with God. My covenant with God is my greatest possession. It is what has brought me this far. And it is what will take me the rest of the way. 
my covenant with God will see to it that I enjoy the full benefit of having God as my father in my life. So I cherish my covenant. I don't don't play with my covenant. And I hope you are the same. I hope like like a parent who was just blessed with a precious baby, I hope you cherish that baby. I hope you protect that baby. I hope you nurture that baby. Because your covenant with God is responsible, will be responsible for your future. Will be responsible for every good thing that you will ever experience in your life. It's your covenant with God. So the Bible says, Abraham in verse, verse uh, Genesis chapter 14 and verse 20. Say, blessed be the most high God which has delivered thine enemies into your hands. And Abraham gave him title for. And the king of Sodom said unto Abraham, give me the persons and take the goods to yourself. Watch this. And Abraham said to the king of Sodom, I have lifted up my hand unto the Lord, the most high God, the possessor of heaven and earth, that I will not take from a thread even to a shoe latchet, and that I will not take anything that is thine, lest you should say, I have made Abraham rich. Abraham said, I will not touch it. I don't want it. Because I want I want, I want the demonstration of the covenant in my life. I want God to make it plain, to make it clear. He is the one responsible. It's not any man. It's not any woman. It's not any institution. It's not any government. It is God who is responsible. So take everything. Take everything. Let me just give God what is his portion. Take everything. But I want there to be a demonstration in my life. I don't care what somebody else does. I don't care what the, I don't care what the bishop so-so and so does. I don't care what apostle so-so and so does. I don't care what brother so-so and so, sister so-so and so. I don't care what they do. It is important to me, of utmost priority to me, how I cherish my covenant with Almighty God. I cherish my covenant. My covenant with God has brought me this far. And I expect my covenant with God will take me the rest of my way. It will take me the rest of my journey. My covenant with God will. David said he has made an everlasting covenant with me. He will ensure my safety and my success. That's my covenant. Covenant with God is the ark that will get me to the promised land. My covenant with God is the blessing that will secure my inheritance on this earth. If you understand that child of God, it puts you in a totally different class. And it's not just words. Talk, talk is cheap. People can talk it, they can preach it, they can sing it, they can... It's not talk. Talk is cheap. It's the doing. Jesus said in in John chapter 13, Happy are you if you know these things and if you do them. As you are blessed, not just for knowing, but you are blessed for doing. You are blessed for doing. 
The covenant is not just a topic we talk about. It's not just a topic we preach about. It's not just a topic we sing about. It's not just a topic we hear about. The covenant is, 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 is our life with God. It's our life with God. He said, mm, so you will not say, I made Abraham rich. Because that covenant guarantees everything, guarantees your blessing, guarantees your wealth. Now, let's, let's go to Hebrews 6. Because this was Melchizedek in, in, in Genesis chapter 14. And I want us to go and read in Hebrews 6. Melchizedek, he, Hebrews 6, of course, Hebrews 7. And I don't think I'm going to have the time. I want to give us seven things about the covenant tonight uh, before we run out of time. Glory to God. But in Hebrews 6, we see uh, Melchizedek referenced again. It's a type of Christ. He represents the covenant. He represents God, but he represents the priest. He represents the priest who administers the covenant to God's people. He's a type of Christ. In Hebrews chapter 6, uh, from verse 17, wherein God willing more abundantly to show unto the heirs of promise the immutability of his counsel, he confirmed it with an oath that by two immutable things in which it was impossible for God to lie, we might have a strong consolation who have fled for refuge to lay hold upon the hope that is set before us. Which hope we have as an anchor of the soul, both sure and steadfast, which enters into that within the veil. Whither the forerunner is for us entered, even Jesus made a high priest forever after the order of Melchizedek. Then he says in chapter 7 from verse 1, for this Melchizedek, King of Salem, priest of the Most High God, who met Abraham returning from the slaughter of the kings and blessed him. We just read that in Genesis 14. To whom also Abraham gave a tenth part of all, first being by interpretation king of righteousness, and after that also king of Salem, which is king of peace, Jerusalem, king of peace. Without father, without mother, without descent, having neither beginning of days nor end of life, but made like unto the Son of God, abideth a priest continually. So this Melchizedek represented something in the nature, in the calling, in the ministry of the Lord Jesus Christ, where the covenant is concerned. And it says here, in verse 4, now consider how great this man was unto whom even the patriarch Abraham gave the tenth of the spoils. And he goes on and, and teaches a little bit further. And then he says uh, in verse 14, for it is evident that our Lord sprang out of Judah, of which tribe Moses spoke nothing concerning the priesthood. Um, um, uh, and it is, it is yet far more evident for that after the similitude of 
Melchizedek, there ariseth another priest who is made not after the law of a carnal commandment, but after the power of an endless life. For he testifies, verse 17, he testifieth, thou art a priest forever after the order of Melchizedek. Now, I want you to go, we're going to go all the way because I want, to, I want us to read here in, in um, I'm just skimming right through um, chapter 7 because the Bible is showing us the ministry of Melchizedek but trying to show us, um, uh, give us uh, an, um, almost what was a template, some part of the ministry of Christ, what was a template that Melchizedek, the man Melchizedek represented to Abraham in the Old Testament. He's doing all of that in order to give us clarity and understanding regarding our new covenant with God. So when you get to chapter 8 of Hebrews, now he says, Now of the things which we have spoken from, verse 1, Now of the things which we have spoken, this is the psalm, We have such a high priest who is set on the right hand of the throne of the majesty in heaven, a minister of the sanctuary and of the true tabernacle, which the Lord pitched, and not man. For every high priest is ordained to offer gifts and sacrifices. Wherefore it is of necessity that this man have somewhat also to offer. Then he says in verse 6, But now, watch this, But now, hallelujah, But now has he obtained a more excellent ministry. But now has he obtained a more excellent ministry by how much also he is the mediator. He's talking about Christ now. Christ has obtained a more excellent ministry. More excellent ministry than Melchizedek. More excellent ministry than Moses. More excellent ministry than anybody else that ever was a priest before him. He has obtained a more excellent ministry by how much also he is the mediator, the go-between of a better covenant which was established upon better promises. Our new covenant promises, our new covenant relationship with God is a better covenant that is established upon better promises and Jesus is the go-between. It's because of Jesus that this new covenant exists. The greatest possession that we receive, one of the most significant things that we receive through the ministry of Christ was a new covenant with Almighty God. A new covenant with Almighty God. How How can anyone not cherish this? How can anyone not really deeply value this? How can anyone not go all out to learn about this? How to succeed with this. How to prosper with this. How to maximize this gift in their lives. Our covenant. Our covenant. He said in verse 10, For this is the covenant that I will make with the house of Israel. After those days, saith the Lord, I will put my laws into their mind and write them in their heart, and I will be to them a God, and they shall be to me a people. And they shall not teach every man his neighbor and every man his brother, saying, Know the Lord, for 
all shall know me from the least to the greatest because of the covenant. For I will be merciful to their unrighteousness and their sins and their iniquities will I remember no more. Because of their, because of their covenant with God. Remember, Jesus is the go-between. Everything that belonged to Abraham now belongs to us and more and more and more. Everything that God gave Abraham by virtue of promise, by virtue of um, 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 uh, uh, prophetic utterances, by virtue of release from heaven. Through his life, whether it was at the beginning when he called him, through as he continued to walk on his journey with God, or at the end when he was blessed in all things, all of those benefits that God gave to Abraham, God has given better to the New Testament believer. He has given better to you. He has given better to me. You see how how glorious our new covenant is. Meaning you... And me, we have access to better than anything, better than anything Abraham or the saints of old ever had access to. It's not recorded anywhere here in this Old Testament that Abraham was sick. It's not recorded anywhere. He did have seasons of difficulty, but he overcame every one of them. He went through a season of waiting on the Lord for a promised seed and he achieved, he received the promised seed. He went through a season, he went through seasons of being attacked, of being defrauded, but he won every single one of those attacks. Well, if that was the life of Abraham and we have a better covenant established upon better promises, then we must win. We must win every situation. We must win every situation. We must win every attack. It means we must come out better. Our lives must be better. We are in covenant with God through Jesus. Galatians chapter 3, verses 13 and 14. Galatians chapter 3, verses 13 and 14. Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law, being made a curse for us. For it is written, Cursed is every man that hangs on a tree. Jesus hung on a tree so that the curse that was meant for you and for me will be put upon him. Now that the curse has been put upon him, there is no curse. For me anymore. There is no curse for you anymore. There is nowhere. The Bible says a curse curseless cannot come. It cannot come. There is no curse anywhere for you or for me. There is no curse. Jesus took it all. The only way a curse can hang around a believer is through the believer's ignorance. Or through their carelessness or their irresponsibility. The only way a believer can be shortchanged in their covenant with God is through a lack of understanding of what has been made available to them. He says there, Galatians chapter 3 verses 13 and 14, Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law, 
being made a curse for us. For it is written, Cursed is every man that hangeth on a tree. That the blessing of Abraham might come on the Gentiles. That the blessing of Abraham might come on the Gentiles through Jesus Christ. That we might receive the promise of the Spirit through faith. Jesus is the go-between in our new covenant. And that covenant delivers to us everything that Jesus died on the cross for. For you and for me. The power of the curse is forever broken. Failure is under the curse. We are learning about success. How to have true and lasting success. Well, true and lasting success is under the covenant. Is under the blessing. Failure is under the curse. Sickness is under the curse. Insufficiency is under the curse. Miscarriage is under the curse. Being overcome by attacks of the enemies under the curse. Insufficiency is under the curse. Barrenness is under the curse. The Bible says Jesus has been made a curse for us. As it is written, cursed is every man that hangs a tree. So on a tree. So if Jesus has been made a curse for us, there is no curse anywhere for us as children of God, covenant children of God. There is no access for any curse. None. Our covenant puts us, our covenant with God puts us in a totally different class. Look around your community. Look around your community, your your environment, child of God. No matter what is happening there, your covenant with God puts you in a totally different class. You are like in the ark of Noah while the storm was raging. Yes, the reality of your community is true. The reality of the world in which we are living is true. There is a lot of devastation, a lot of destruction, a lot of harm, a lot of hurt, a lot of pain, a lot of sickness, a lot of poverty, a lot of this. But we are in the ark of the covenant. And in that ark of the covenant, we are totally shielded from everything going on in the world that is a result of the curse. By virtue of our being here naturally, there are some of those things that we, we, um, that we are almost drawn into because we live here in this world, in this natural life. However, because we know our place in Christ, we stand and we insist that we are no longer subject to the curse We are children of the covenant. We are children of Abraham. We have been redeemed from the curse of the law. So only the covenant of the blessing must prevail and walk in our lives, in the reality of our lives. That's it. That's what the understanding of our covenant with God, that is what it gives us access to. That is what it makes available to us. Can somebody say amen? Glory to God. Before my time is, is, is up tonight, I, wanna, I want us to look at seven things. Seven things about the covenant. What the covenant confers to the believer. What your covenant with God gives you access to. Hallelujah. What your covenant with God positions you for. 
Glory to God. Number one, the covenant, your covenant with God is the strongest thing in the entire universe and it will never fail. Your covenant with God is the strongest thing in the entire universe and it will never fail. Thank you, Holy Spirit. You have heard these things before. But as far as I am concerned, and as far as it depends on me, you are going from me, from me here, you are gonna hear it again and again and again and again and again. It is never going to happen that we come to a place where we stop talking about our covenant with God. It will never happen in abundant life. It will never happen on our pulpit. It will never happen for me personally. I'm never going to come to a place where I say, well, we've talked about that covenant enough. Let's talk about something. It's never going to happen. It's like the Holy Spirit. It is never going to happen where we say, oh, we have talked about the Holy Spirit enough. Let's talk about something. It will never happen. It's like faith. It's never going to happen where we say, oh, we've talked about faith. That's too much. We've talked about faith enough. Let's talk about something. It will never happen. It's like love. <laughs> it will never happen where we say, oh, we've talked about love. It's too much. Let's talk about something. It will never happen. The covenant, your covenant with God is the strongest thing in the entire universe and it will never fail. The word of God is his covenant. That's why we will always talk about the covenant. As we are in the word tonight, we are in the covenant. As we are studying the word tonight, we are studying the covenant. Remember, it's called Old Covenant, Old Testament, which is Old Covenant, and New Testament, which is New Covenant. And that's the word of God. Right? That's the word of God. All 66 books, that's the word of God. So the time will never come when we say, let's just stop talking about the word. Let's talk about, let's talk about, let's talk stories about things. Let's talk about people's experience. It will never happen. Not in abundant life. Our very calling is a calling to minister the word. That's our very calling. We are committed. We are sold out to that calling. It will never change. And it is never going to be affected by anything in the natural. Anything going on out in the world. Anything going on out in the world. It will never change it. We are committed. We are committed. We will keep on speaking this word. Using every voice. Every tool that God gives us. To speak this word. To teach this word. To preach this word. To get this word around the world. To minister it to the nations. We will keep on speaking this word. It will never change. It will never change. Hallelujah. Your covenant with God is the strongest thing in the entire universe and it will never fail. Psalm 89 verse 34. My covenant will I not break nor alter the thing that is gone out of my lips. My covenant will I not break, nor alter the thing that is gone out of my lips. Your covenant with God, the covenant, is the strongest thing 
in the entire universe and it will never fail. Number two, the covenant will make a major difference in your life in a short period of time. My brother, my sister, give it a try. In, in fact, forget I said that. Don't give it a try. Give it your all. Commit to it. You cannot fail. The covenant, your covenant with God, and your cherishing and nurturing that covenant in your life and protecting that covenant and working with that covenant the best you can, the best you know, will make a difference, a major difference in your life in a short period of time. There's so many things people are looking for. And they're going to take years and years and years. Many of them are going to take years to get those things. There's so many people, so many things people are dying for. Many people are dying for. I know this, the, the word of the covenant doesn't sound like high tech. Doesn't sound like new technology, new revelation. People many times say, I want something new. This is it. This is the new thing that God, it's called the New Testament, the new covenant. This is it. This covenant, if you continue to work it and it continues to work in your life, will bring a major, make a major difference in your life in a short period of time. Number three, the covenant will distinguish you and guarantee your favored outcome in the high and low places of life. The covenant will distinguish you and guarantee your favored outcome in the high and low places of life. The covenant isn't just for good times. The covenant isn't just for bad times. The covenant will distinguish you and guarantee your favored outcome. Wherever you are in your life, the covenant will guarantee your favored outcome. The the covenant will bring you to your next wealthy place. If you are a young person, the, the covenant will, like it did for David as a teenager, the, the covenant will lift you up. Will lift you up and, and distinguish you and make you stand out amongst your peers. Like it did for Daniel, for the three Hebrew boys who were young, very young. The covenant will make you stand out. They make, the covenant will make you stand out in a very unique way. If you are an older person, the covenant will do the same. The covenant will put butter on your step. The covenant will see to it that you succeed. The covenant will surround you with favor. Like Joseph, everywhere he went, whether it was Pete, whether it was prison, whether it was Potiphar, favor surrounded him like a shield. The covenant will see to it. Number four, the covenant will cover every area of your life. The covenant will cover every area of your life. No area of your life is exempt from the covenant. The covenant will cover your personal life. It will cover your health. The covenant will cover your finances. The covenant will cover your physical health, mental health, relational health, spiritual health, financial health. The covenant will cover every area of your life. The covenant will see to it that you are in health, that you prosper even as your soul prospers. 
Every area of your life will be covered by the covenant. Number five, God takes his covenant with you personally. And he will continue to do so with your children and your generations even after you are gone from this earth. When you are a covenant man and a covenant woman, God's everlasting covenant with Abraham, with David, becomes everlasting covenant with you and your children after you. Psalm 105 from verse 8 to 15. Psalm 105 from verse 8 to 15. He has remembered his covenant forever. The word which he commanded to a thousand generations. Which covenant he made with Abraham and his oath unto Isaac. And he confirmed the same unto Jacob for a law and to Israel for an everlasting covenant. Saying, unto thee will I give the land of Canaan the lot of your inheritance. When they were but a few men in number, yea, very few and strangers in it, when they went from one nation to another, from one kingdom to another people, he suffered no man to do them wrong. Yea, he reproved kings for their sakes, saying, Touch not my anointed. And do my prophets no harm. He reproved kings for their sakes. Saying, touch not my anointed. And do my prophets no harm. God takes personally everything that happens in your life. When you are a covenant child of his. Who is actively growing and actively walking. In that covenant, you are like the apple of his eyes. He takes it personally. When Satan, when he comes against you, God says, the battle is mine. I will fight it. When people come against you, he says to them, touch not my anointed. Do my prophet no harm. When circumstances come against you, God stands like a shield. And forbids them from touching your life. He takes it personally. Your covenant. Your covenant with God. Makes everything about your life. Personal. Where God is concerned. Everything. God is jealous over you. He's jealous over you. Because of your covenant with him. So that's why success is guaranteed for you. Because God will stand and and he will forbid failure. That failure cannot be your ultimate end. Yeah, maybe you experience, every one of us will experience failure at one point or the other. In fact, failure is an ingredient for success. We've learned that already. Every one of us, at some point or the other, you will taste failure. But you will not swallow it. It will not become a part of you. You will taste it, but you will not live in it. Failure will not be your identity. You are a success going somewhere to happen because of your covenant with God. Does anybody ever think about God and think failure? 
Think about what he said in Psalm 89, verse 34, that we read earlier. My covenant will I not break, nor... Um, um, let's read it again. Psalm 89 and verse, verse 34. My covenant will I not break, nor alter the word that is gone forth out of my lips. So, his word will never fail. His covenant will never be broken. And when you are a child of God's covenant, walking actively in that covenant, failure will not be your identity. Success becomes guaranteed for you. Somebody say amen. Number six, the covenant is based on trust. God has his part and you have yours. I have mine. God will do his part and I must do mine. You must do yours for the promises of the covenant to hold up in your life, in our lives. The covenant is based on trust. God has his part. You have yours. I have mine. We must, God will do his part. That's given. We must do our part so that the promises of the covenant can hold up in our lives. Jeremiah chapter 17 from verse 5 to 7. Hallelujah. Jeremiah chapter 17 from verse 5 to 7. Thus saith the Lord, Cursed is the man that trusteth in man, and maketh flesh his arm, and whoso departs from the Lord. That's a curse. He says, Because he will be like a heath in the desert, and he will not see when good comes, but he will inhabit the path places in the wilderness, in a salt land not inhabited. When man becomes your shield, your covenant promise, when man becomes your assurance, when man becomes your surety, when man becomes, what man does, what man promises, what man says, when that becomes your mainstay, when it becomes your main focus in life, you success cannot be guaranteed. Because he says he will be like a heath in the desert, he will not see when good comes, but he will inhabit the path places of the wilderness in a salt land not inhabited. But then he says in verse 7, But blessed is the man who trusts in the Lord and whose hope the Lord is. For he shall be like a tree that is planted by the waters, that spreads out her roots by the river, and that shall not see when heat comes, but her leaves shall be green, and shall not be careful in the year of drought, neither shall cease from yielding fruit. A covenant child of God, covenant son, covenant daughter. You'll be like a tree that is planted by the rivers of water. You will not see when heat comes. When drought comes, you will not feel it. But you will bear your fruit continually in season. The Bible says, you will not be careful in the year of drought, neither shall cease from yielding fruit. The covenant is based on trust. God has his part. You have your part. I have mine. God will do his part. That's a given. You must do your part. I must do my part for the promises of the covenant to hold up in our lives. Finally, number seven, the covenant keeps you in lockstep with God and will sometimes lead you through unconventional and unpopular paths to get you to the destiny that God has prepared for you. The covenant keeps you in lockstep with God. It will sometimes lead you through unconventional 
and unpopular paths to get you to the destiny that God has prepared for you. Father, we thank you for tonight. We give you the glory and we give you the praise for your holy word. Thank you, precious Holy Spirit, for opening our eyes to the truth, the revelation of your word. Granting us understanding where the word of your covenant is concerned. We receive it all. We receive it all. I bless all my brothers and sisters tonight. I speak the blessing of heaven upon them and their families. Lord, like David, help them walk in your everlasting covenant. Like David, oh Father, let all your agreement concerning them, let them be arranged and guaranteed in every detail. Like David, Father, guarantee and ensure their safety and their success. Fulfill your word in their lives. I give you all the glory and all the praise. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen. Amen. Thank you, saints. Thank you so much for joining us again tonight. God bless you. Um, We're out of time. I look forward to seeing you again, same time, next week. God bless you. Good night.